uh, I had uh, listened to the message last week, and one of the things I do want to clarify, if, if we could turn to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll go over this very quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, and it, it's, it starts off this way, and it should be marked in your Bible because it's really good. Uh, it, it says here that you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and I ask you to underline a word in which you formerly walked. That word formally is important. According to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them too, formally, we lived in the lusts of our flesh. Now, I said uh, lust of the flesh, and I, what I wanted to say, and I didn't, uh, most of the times we think about sexual sin. It's included in this, okay? I missed the word included, but I wanted to make the point and cause us to realize that it's the small things when we come, become angry, when we demand our own way, when we want to be right no matter what, or when we drive down the road and we start judging people on their appearance, that's also the flesh, and what I want us to understand, yes, it includes sexual sin. But I don't want us to just throw that in the category and say, I'm safe. I want us to realize that God is entwined with all the little things in our life. And we got to understand, when you catch yourself doing that, you got to say, formally. I formally used to judge people like that. I formerly used to be demand that I was right. Did we got that clear? I just wanted to make sure that you knew I'm not giving you a license to commit sin. And those people who knew me know that sometimes I, my brain doesn't... Uh, some people that really know me knows that my brain doesn't always work. <laughs> But uh, praise God, I, I just wanted to clarify that because it's very important. Yes, it is. Yeah. In this day and age, it's extremely important. Yeah. So I just want us to not just think of the big things. I want us to just let our, our hearts be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he's trying to correct us in the little things. All right? Praise God. Right. Pastor, maybe right. you lead us on. While we are continuing to talk about our identity and today we want to talk about our God-given identity. And why is identity important? Is it important? <laughs> it's quite important who, who you think that you are, who you say that you are. I mean, my, my identity, your identity is based on how you view yourself. Oh, that's right. And then how you view yourself becomes the very foundation for all your choices and priorities in your life. It's it's. it's your identity has this sense built into it of your self-worth, mm -hmm. your acceptance of who you are, are you loved, and we all want to belong and feel loved, and so our identity is all tied to that, and so I'm going to live out my life based on my perceived identity. If I say, well, this is who I am, then again, it's going to influence my priorities, my choices, my thoughts, my hopes, my dreams. Right. My identity, who I say that I am, is going to influence how I raise my children. The values and beliefs that I pass on to them That's right. are reflective of who I believe I am. I want to, don't you want your children to believe the same thing? So this Amen. is quite important. The quality of our family life is born out of your identity, who you believe that you are. Mm -hmm who I believe that I am. And, it's, and it seems to me, and I don't think anybody in here would disagree with me, that the world, or in America in particular, is in a huge identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our world is so rapidly changing. And social media alone... Right. So just think about it. Social media alone has an enormous effect and influence on your identity who you're trying to be, right? I mean, we, we, people put selfies on Facebook and then look at themselves. I mean, this has become a problem, especially for the younger generation. They don't like what they see. 
And so you put filters over it, another filter over it. So mm. every flaw that could be possibly recognized in you is eliminated and you look perfect <laughs> until you see the next Instagram picture and it's like, oh, I don't measure up to that. And so we become obsessed with these things of how we look and we try to hide and filter out what we perceive as our flaws. And so technology and artificial intelligence is changing what we, who we believe and what we believe is an identity. Gender confusion, alternative lifestyles, pushing for just new identities. Evolution, telling you that your ancestors, you came from an ape. <laughs> I mean, Hollywood shapes our identity. Critical race theory is wanting to shape your identity, telling you, you you've been a victim or you've been a persecutor. This is who you are. I mean, America really is in an identity crisis, the people in America. Where do I find my identity? And people do and try a, a lot of things, destructive things, right, right. crazy things, to mutilating their body, trying to figure out and manifest, this is who I am. I finally discovered who I am. And is it up to me? I guess the question is, is it up to me to, to make my own identity? Or? Or am I born with an identity? Yeah. That. I mean, P Pennsylvania birth certificates in 2020 now are permitting a third line, not just, not just binary, male, female, but now there's a third line there for X non-binary choice even if the baby has obvious male or female body parts yeah. biological body parts it's a parental's right to check x non-binary and let the and raise the child this is their belief again this is what we're saying the identity right. of the parent is saying i want to give them let them decide their own identity wow. i mean we we are in the midst of culture wars in america have you heard the word culture wars all kinds of social groups vying for their belief, their values, yep. their philosophies, to be the dominant thing in the culture. And not just to be the dominant thing in, for them, but to be accepted across the culture and then legalized into the culture. Right. Make the laws. I mean, conservatives want traditional Judeo-Christian values like marriage and family. I think I was saying we're going to have to look if years go by and things keep changing. What was a traditional marriage? <laughs> but, but, you know, conservatives are generally pro-life, pro-religious freedom. They want a moral code built into the values of our nation, mm -hmm. our country, which I would say our country was built upon. Right. And <clears throat> progressives are in the left are demanding change. We want to just we want to change all that. And much of the change is anti-God. They don't want the Judeo-Christian moral codes within the heart of our nation at this point. Or in our family, our schools, our government, the military, you name it. And so there's fights in these culture wars. Right. There's the conservative view, then there's the fight, you know, we would say the progressives are on the left. Pro-abortion, pro-alternative lifestyles, transgender rights, gay marriage. I mean, everything is getting redefined, wouldn't you say? Everything is getting redefined and even legalized. What was once easily accepted as, like, well, this is wrong. We all, we all kind of agreed this is wrong. Well, now, no, we don't know. Is it wrong? Is it even wrong to say it's wrong? <laughs> and once what was easily accepted as right... On, well, we man. all agree on this, Come on. right? No, we don't all agree on this anymore. Come on. Because now if you agree with something that on the left disagrees with, then you're canceled. You're shunned, right? You're shamed, you're marginalized, and you're wrong, and you better shut up about it. <laughs> I mean, our country really is in an identity crisis. And the culture on the left, I would have to say, is coming for you and coming for me. That's right. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Especially if you hold on to the values, like the traditional Christian values. Because the left wants an identity of America, really without God, without prayer, and without a real moral code. That's right. Is our guiding 
guidelines for our behavior, really. They either want you to adopt their values as your identity, or if you don't, like I said, they just, let's cancel it out. I mean, where is free speech? Where is even talking out things anymore? Right, it's eliminated. Or make you feel, because of this whole cancel culture, make you feel so insecure about speaking truth that you self-cancel, as they call it. You just do the job for them. Yeah. I'll just shut up. I won't say anything because I know if I say something, it's going to cause a stir, and I don't want to cause a stir. And where does that go? Come on now. I mean, the, so these culture wars, if you will, want to shape your beliefs and tell you who you are. This is who we are saying you are. This is what the nation is. And we have to stop and say, wait, the church is called to be salt and light. Right? Can I hear an amen? In the culture and in a dark place, yes. in a dark world. And if we're going to keep our saltiness and if we're going to let our light shine, we have to know where we find our identity. We have to know who we are and I would say whose we are. That's right. Right? Whose we and are. And grow in confidence of whose we are because it's going to take confidence and boldness in the days ahead. To stand up and say, wait, that's not what I believe. And it's not that you're, you don't hate, we don't hate a person. No. We're not afraid. There's a lot of phobias attached to these things. You're whatever, a homophobic or transphobic or whatever these things are in alternative lifestyles. I'm not afraid. I disagree. There's but, a big difference between that. Yeah. The, the name calling is to shame you. Yeah, and so it's, it's, it, it's junior high stuff. Yeah. So is it up to me to decide my identity? Can I just change my identity? Can I just decide on my own, or am I born? Or are we born with a God an identity? identity? And of course, Genesis tells us that we are people made in God's image, and so we right, and because we're the creation story declares that God is the one who created us. We are created in His image, in His likeness, all mankind, okay? That means that we, we believe that every single person has a God-given identity that He gave to us, yes. each individually. And again, we understand there's a lot of confusion out there, that's for sure. And that's why we really need to seek God on who He says we are. Yes. And be confident in it. Yes. That's right. And take a bold stand. Yeah. We see in the Bible people taking a bold stand all the time. But we have to really give our heart over and we need to pray about these things and we need to understand who we are in Christ. You've got to hold on to your true identity, your God-given identity. Amen. Now listen, God formed and fashioned man out of the dust of the ground. And God made the dust of the ground. <laughs> and we're just made up of a bunch of chemical elements that they declare. You know, and if you are cremated at death, then you, you know, guess what? You get a large urn full of dust and ashes. And Genesis 3.19 says, from dust you're formed, from dust you'll go back. Yeah. You know? So, but you're not just dust in the wind. Remember that song? <laughs> All we are is dust in the wind. No, no. you're more than dust in the wind, folks. <laughs> God formed Adam and Eve out of the dust. Well, Adam out of the dust of the ground and Eve out of the rib of Adam. Yes. But here's the key. He breathed into them and they became eternal spirits. Yeah. God is the father of eternal spirits. Yes. And Everyone has an eternal spirit, and every individual is going to live forever. Amen. This is important. Hey, this is why abortion is wrong. Now, I, I, we'll stand in the pulpit and tell you abortion is wrong. If you're teetering on these things, it's good to find out what God says about it. If, if you claim that you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And he never changes. His word is settled forever in heaven. And since after death we'll stand before him and give an account of our life, I think it's best if we agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> but, the, you know, the Bible declares there's life in the blood. Yes. Do you know the 21st day there are 
blood Incon cells. Conception. Yeah, at conception. Your life happens at conception. It happens at conception. 21 days. That's when the first blood cell appears. And the Bible declares there's life in the blood. And we have to understand that. And nobody really knows why or how life comes out of that blood. Yeah. It's a mystery. The science it is. Science no. has no clue because they don't want to point to God. Right. Right. So th that's why they tell us you're an ape. You came out of an ape or, or whatever. But because of the miracle of life, that, that, that sperm and the egg becomes an individual. That's, that's your beginnings, my beginnings. Well, actually, God knew you before the foundation of the world, so you existed back then. But we're just going with this, right? <laughs> we'll explain that later. <laughs> if you want to turn to uh, Psalm 139, this, this is remarkable. This is remarkable. Again, intricate design. we understand that abortion is wrong. And if listen, if you've had an abortion, you know God is a God who forgives you. And if you just ask him to forgive you and, and you repent of your ways, God will remember your sins no more. Amen. Do you understand that? He'll remember your sin no more. Nor will he bring it up to you. That's right. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. Because we can all say glory to God to that Amen. because, you know, we've, we've all made gross errors in our life, but God is great and merciful. Mm -hmm. Psalm 139, verse 13, I'll start off with. And David is saying this about the miracle of life. It says, you brought my inner parts into being. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for you made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous are your works, mm -hmm. and you know me completely. Amen. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in secret and intricately put together in the lowest parts of the earth. That's a poetic Hebrewism there. Means the womb. Okay, your eyes saw, my unformed, saw me unformed, yet in your book all my days were written before any of them came into being. How precious are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Yes. God's life, coming from His Spirit, formed us in the womb. Yeah. yeah. This is a marvelous miracle. It is a marvelous miracle. And this miracle. is how God knows you, loves you. And he keeps you, and his desire for you, is for you. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Just the, the genius of God. Yeah. Just the absolute perfect wisdom and intelligence and knowledge to put volumes of information in a little strand of DNA about yeah. you, all your parts. Yes. And then put, put these cells together with all this information and to have it slowly grow into a fully functioning you know, a baby, starting with a baby, just a, a masterpiece. No wonder yes. Scripture says we are God's masterpiece. One of the tra translations says that. We are his workmanship. Mm -hmm. We are his, and then the, the outward body is a masterpiece of function, a work of art. Yet when you think about it, I mean, all we hear these days is just shouting, follow the science, and the science knows, the science knows. And I just <laughs> think they're telling you all kinds of things. Like you came from a blow up in the sky, like a big bang. You came from stars. You know, yeah, Dan, you were once dancing with the stars, I guess. I don't know. Or we are stardust. Remember that song, 19... Yeah. Woodstock. We're into songs this morning. There's a lot of... <laughs> we are stardust. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Joni Mitchell. We are golden. Yeah. We are 50 billion year old carbon is yeah. what those words are. And we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. It was like... What a bunch of confusing thoughts, right? <laughs> it's like we did come from the garden, but we're not 50. Stardust. Stardust or 50 billion year old carbon. 
<laughs> I mean, it's some people, you know, those songs were impacting. They were very influential. Yes, they were. People grabbed onto them, and then all the drug use and everything going on, that, that became their belief system. There's the, the whole new age is established on you've come from the stars. But uh, the other part of that song said, you're caught in the devil's bargain. Yeah, uh, the other part of that was, say it again. Yeah, the last verse of that song, we are, stardust, we are golden, we are caught in the devil's bargain. And we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. And it's like, yeah, well, that part is true. We are caught in that mindset, in the devil's bargain. You yeah. can't ever get yourself back in the garden. That's, that's right. why you need Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about today. Where do we find our identity? To find our true identity, we have to go back to the garden, Come back on. to our roots. This is yeah. where we were originally born in the mind of God. Yes. So God knew you in your mother's womb. Think about that. Turn to Isaiah 49.1. This is awesome. You're there back in the Old Testament. Isaiah's in the Old Testament. Toward the middle of your Just Bible. Go, go forward towards the New Testament and you'll find Isaiah 49, verse 1. Mm -hmm. You know, these, all these things just tend to help us understand why God is, God is pro-life. Abortion yes. is wrong. It's like, it says this, you know, that we are alive to God in the womb. Isaiah 49, 1 says, listen to me, this is you islands. <laughs> Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He has spoken my name. Now that reminds us of another song. We sing this song, No Longer Slaves. The words of that song, so yes. appropriate from my mother's womb. That's the words of the song, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I'm born again into a family. Your, Your blood, blood flows through my veins. Yes. And really in a very real sense, the, the blood of Christ, you know, the, the very spiritual DNA of God is within a born-again believer. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. It's yep. within yes. us. Yes. Because the blood of Christ redeemed us, spiritually redeemed us. Yes. And so born-again believers have a new identity coming from that blood, just like a parent would have a child. Yeah. You know, with some of their DNA yes, formed in there. And now we're children of God. Go to when, John. To, go to John 1.12. Yeah. yeah, go to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. You know, we don't have an outline anymore. We used to have an outline with fill in the blanks and have all of our information on here. But now we want you to find your way through the Bible. We want you to understand, okay, this is how I work through the Bible. Yeah. This is how I discover who I am. This is how I discover what God is telling me. Yeah. He's, he's revealing to you and to me who we are. He's not keeping it a secret. He's laid it right out. And so this is what he says, verse 12. Verse 12, John, John chapter 1, verse 12. But all who did receive him, I'm talking about Jesus, all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right, the authority, and the privilege to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but the will of God. Yes. We're born again. We're born of God's Spirit. When you're born, see, everyone is a spirit being, but only born again Christians, spirit has been recreated and our life, our spirit man is alive to God. Other people who have not received Christ are a spirit being, but their spirit is dead to the things of God. And it's actually, their spirit is the very spirit of Satan. That's why we must be born again to get free from that. That's how you get your sins forgiven. God is the He is the Father of Spirits. Yes. yes, yes. And He is calling all of mankind. He, he you know, He is our loving Father. He's our creator. He is the shepherd of our soul. Yes. He He wants to make Himself known to who we are, who He recreated it, who we are new creatures in Christ with. Yes. He wants you to know and have it established. 
in your heart unshakable of who you are. Yes. Your true identity. Yeah. It's from your mother's womb. He he formed and created you. It's it's he created you and formed you so that you could hear him. That he you can follow him, that you can yeah. be led by him through life's difficulties. Yeah. He is opening himself up before all mankind. That's why Jesus was lifted up and put on a cross. Yeah. History proves what's happened. This isn't any make-believe story. It's just people refuse it because, simply because they don't want to submit. Look what it says here in Jeremiah. This, again, this is, this is where you have to be established that, and know in your own heart abortion is wrong according to God. It's wrong. Jeremiah, going toward the back, toward the New Testament again. Back in the Old Testament. We're getting there, huh? Yeah, Jeremiah. We're finding our way through the Bible. Hallelujah. And what's great about it is if you really are beginning at this, the table of contents is how I started off finding things. And I wasn't embarrassed about it. I wanted to know. I was hungry for the truth. Yeah. I wanted to know. I was not embarrassed yeah. about it. You could get Bible, get tabs in your Bible. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bibles we have back there have tabs on them. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah is a prophet. Yeah. And here's what he said. Here's what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Yeah. We There's... read in the book of Psalms, he's got the number of our days written in his book. Right. Yeah. He knows the beginning from the end. Yeah. And he loves us. Yes. It's just wild. He's, he's, he's so in love with us that he would send his son, Jesus, so that he could have us back. Yes. Now, just to drive the point home one more time, there are several scriptures, but now go to the New Testament, Luke chapter 1. Yeah, we keep going toward the back of the Bible. That's good. Luke Ma chapter 1, Matthew. verse 41. This is when Elizabeth right. was pregnant, became pregnant in her old age, and John the Baptist was in her womb. And Mary, who's also pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. with Jesus, yes. she, she comes to visit Elizabeth, and this is Luke 1, 41. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, so Mary comes in the door, Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, and she and it says, the baby leaped in her womb, in Elizabeth's womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and in a loud voice she yeah. exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. <laughs> yeah. So life in the womb is yeah. very real and very much alive to God. Yes. I know who's here. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you know, I, 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 you've been hearing a lot about uh, with the whole COVID thing and claiming religious exemption for in light of the COVID vaccine. And there's just there's controversy, of yes. course, around these things. There was a prominent Texas uh, megachurch pastor who came out and said, "There's just no credible evidence." A, re a religious argument in scripture against COVID vaccines. And of course, there's nothing. You're not going to turn. I can't tell you any scripture. Here's where God spoke about yes to vaccines in any way. <laughs> it's not there. But, you know, the argument, if you will, or the justification to say there's a religious exemption, just from these scriptures, think about it. If I know that God has formed me in the womb and he's mm -hmm. called me for a purpose in the earth because mm -hmm. we haven't even looked at all the other scriptures in the New Testament, like, like Ephesians 1, yeah. 4 and 5, that says, in love he adopted me before the foundation of the world to be a, to be a part of his family and to be before right. him blameless in love. And so he's called me, he's formed me in the womb, he's called me for a purpose. And as, if a baby in the womb is able to sense and know God's presence, and I'm told in the New Testament I am, to be a, I am to be led by the Holy Spirit, 
as all the sons and daughters of God yes. are to be led by the Holy Spirit. 814. Yeah. Romans so if I examine the science, in other words, if I just look at, and I should, we should do due diligence and look and see what is all this about? What is the vaccine about? What's the, what are the pros and cons? What's, what are the arguments about? And then I pray and I ask God right. about it. And, I'm, and if I'm led, I, for whatever reason, even in the mind of God, he might even show you not to get the vaccine, maybe for health reasons, whatever it might be. Then I have a valid religious yes. argument, if you will, about it in Scripture. Because we do live our life by a higher authority. Amen. We are to follow you know, the laws of the land, but again, given a choice, if there's a choice... And we should be honest about these things, though, too. We shouldn't claim, well, I have a religious exemption. God's my higher authority. But basically, your whole life doesn't reflect any of that. Now, Come that, on now. That's, kind of, that's, that's a bit of a lie, really. But if you really do live this way, that you live submitted to God. Because on the other hand, after examining the pros and cons of this thing, God may lead you to get the vaccine. That's right. Say, no, you should get the vaccine. Yeah. God may lead you to, to do it. So whatever we do as children of God, we are to be led by faith, led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Or if you feel compelled, like you might just feel like for the sake of saving your job, you just feel compelled and I, you know, I'm going to do this. Well, then like our daughter-in-law, Amanda, we were talking about this one day. She brought up a, a great thing. Awesome. She said, remember the Apostle Paul on the island of Malta in the book of Acts where the snake, you know, came out? Yeah, bit him on the hand, and they were like, "Oh, you're poisoned! You know that you're snake's gonna, gonna kill you. You're gonna." They watched to see if you die, and he shook it off, and nothing happened to him. And she said, "You know, well, you could engage your heart in faith for God for protection. That if you're thinking like, well, there may be ill effects, well, then trust God for protection. Amen. So just shake it off. Come on. So now. we're not pro or anti-vax either right. way. What we are is to be led by the Holy Spirit in what we are doing. And God." is the father of spirits and at your core you are a spirit being yep. humans are an eternal being yep. everyone is made in the image and likeness of god yes well let's go to that scripture genesis chapter one very front of the bible yeah that's easy that's hold your finger in Matthew 19, though. <laughs> Wait, we were, we were in, in Luke. <laughs> we were in Luke, but we were going to go to Matthew 19. Genesis 1, 27. Genesis 1. We're going to go for it. Amen. Amen. This, is, this is verse 27. This, this, is, this is it, guys. And so God created man in his own image. He created who? Man. man. Man, mankind. Man. Anthropos. That means men and women. Yes. God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them. I don't see an X there, do you? I see male and female. <laughs> okay, so there we go. One of each is yes. right. There we go. We have that settled. This is God's idea. All right? Culture wants to tell you different, doesn't it? Correct. We have it right here. And if we're believers, well, and if we had the, a different idea, guess what? Oh, God says it this way. And guess what it is? Okay, Lord, I'm going to dump mine. I'm going to pull the dump lever on what I believe. I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm going to your understanding, Lord. <laughs> Matthew 19, verse 4. Matthew 19, verse 4. Jesus answers the, the gay marriage question in this. Matthew 19, he answers it also in Mark chapter 10. Matthew 19, verse 4. It's the very first book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew 19, 4. And Jesus was questioned about divorce. And this is how he says, Jesus answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Okay, and then here's his plan for marriage. Verse 5. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother 
and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is God's original design for sexuality. Male and female coming together in one flesh, okay, married, and it was all good, and God blessed it. God blessed it. This is his perfect design. Yeah, for family. For family, for children, for the delight and joy of family. And here's the key. Here's what's wild about this. God, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, took pleasure and delight in creating man in the image and likeness of God just as a married couple will take time and plan and have joy in having a baby come forth, creating family. This was God's design, and it's filled with love, and it's filled with blessing. This is how he's created it. It's joy in his own heart. He wants us, you and I, they'll get this. You you can't wrap your head around it. You have to take it in your spirit. God, the Godhead, is inviting you into the Godhead to experience that love that they have. Yeah. Think about that. People that don't know the Bible say, well, that's blasphemy. We, we were just, we read John chapter 1, okay? Now we have, we have the right to be children of God. And in John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus himself says that he wants us to be perfectly united with them. Yes. He says, just as the Father is in me and I am in the Father, they in us. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Who are we? The Bible gives us our identity. Yes, he does. Jesus, it goes on to say that Jesus says that, Father, the love that you've loved me, just as the love you gave me, he's given to you. To you, to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. Anybody who calls on his name. Yeah, yeah. You, can you, this is crazy. But as much as God loved Jesus, he loves us. Yeah. There's not a different level or different type of love. It's the same. They want us to enjoy the fellowship of the love that's in between the Godhead. And we get to snuggle inside of that. That's your identity. Yes. You're loved. Oh, my gosh. We're loved. First John four nineteen, it, it, you could write it down, or we could you could quickly turn there. But it says this. I'm just going to say what it says: that we love him because he first he first loved us. We have to get the order of this big picture. Uh, yeah, that's smart. Of that's where all good. this yeah. the whole story of the Bible begins with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he we love him because he first loved us. You know, he knew when he found us. That we would be lost and dead in our sin. We were not pretty. We were not lovely. We right. were not lovable. And he knew that our beliefs and our identity, if you're born into the earth before you know Christ, it gets all mixed up. Amen. Amen. Confused from the lies that the world tells you about who you are and this is truth and here's how you follow. This is the path to take for success and to yeah. be significant in life. Yes. You know, look, and the devil tells us, you know, it just speaks to us in so many lies. Look at yourself. God could never love you yeah. after what you've done. Or God doesn't exist. The whole evolution thing. Yet God created us originally, if you look at how he, what he did with Adam and Eve, to exist in the very yeah. un- love, his unconditional love. <laughs> I mean, his motivation in creation was to have a family. Yes. Sons and daughters, go multiply, he told Adam, and he filled the earth. He blessed everything and used, it says, all its resources for God and for man to to bring God glory. But then, see, sin changed all that. Sin changed all of that. And the word sin is really interesting in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament, It's a a word, hamartia, hamartia. It means to miss the mark. Now, I don't know about you, but that 
was a strange definition when I thought, what? Sin means to miss the mark? I mean, somehow sin in my mind always meant like doing something morally wrong that offended God. And, And it's true, sin does have that meaning, but why miss the mark? It's like a word picture of an archer, you know, pulling back an arrow, shooting at a target and just missing the target, missing the bullseye, the the arrow goes off in some other direction. Missing the mark is the word picture that goes with that understanding. Mm -hmm. And so how, in saying Adam and Eve sinned, you know, and that their sin was a treasonous thing because God gave them everything and his expectation was be loyal to me. You belong to me. I created you. I gave you everything. I love you. And basically they, they, they were disloyal to God, committed treason and sinned. And in sinning, they missed the mark. Right. What mark were they missing? I mean, first to under, even understand that, you have to understand that original blueprint. Yes. That they were created by God, created in his image. They belonged to God. They were created to live in complete dependence and trust in God and obey his word. And it would be the guideline for the blessing in their life to have dominion, to have everything, have the kingdom given to them. And to know they were blessed and they were created to know his love, his, his motivation from the foundation of the world, it says, was to, was to show his love yes. and acceptance. And yes. so when they, when they sinned, when they disobeyed and sinned, they missed the mark. Now, the, the, like the arrow of their life was now shot off in a whole wrong direction. And who was the cause of it? Satan. Satan. It, it was Satan's direction now, the path that they would take, yes. listening to his voice. Now they would just miss the whole point right. of their existence. Come on. And don't we see that in the world today? People born in the world don't know, don't know this beautiful truth. Amen. That we're all made in the image of God. And so now, you know, they're separated from the life of God right. and spiritually lost. This is where the word, you know, we're lost comes from. Like a child who was once holding hands, you know, say with a parent, you're walking through a busy street. And somehow the, you lose, the parent loses the, the child's hand. And how does the child feel? They're lost. Yeah. You know, from it, the safety of the parent. Yes. From the safety of the parent. And that's, that's mankind. Yeah. But God had a plan. Amen. You know, in missing the mark, what happens, is, and, we, and we see it all the time, is that people set up their own target. Yeah. Oh, now I'm loved. I hit my target. Now I'm accepted. I hit my target. You know, that's the, and you know what that is? That's actually an agreement with Satan. Yeah. Because he missed the mark. And now he wants everybody else to miss the mark because he knows that we're created in the image and likeness of God. And he hates God. And he's not created in the likeness and the image of God. And because of Adam and Eve's fall, Spiritual death was lodged in every single person who is born on this planet. Every single person. And therefore, just like Pastor Mamie says, we were told what our identity was by the world system. And look at Romans 1. And well, we don't have to look there, but you could look later. Yes. Read, read Romans 1. And Romans 1 is a, a group, it's mankind, generation after generation, setting up their own target, independent of God. And it shows the effects of sin on the human psyche, because that's where the confusion comes in your thinking. Yep. And this is why we see over 70 different genders on a birth certificate or whatever. Who do you identify yourself you know, but as people find the truth and they yield their heart to God, they come to the realization of who they truly are. Amen. But yet what happens, there are so many people that even though the gospel is preached to them and the love of God has been understood, they reject it because they want their own way and they're continually missing the mark. And over and over they do this and what happens is God just gives them over to their own desires. Yeah. 
Yeah. God says, he gives them over to their own lust. Yeah. He says, women burning with lust with women and men burning with lust with men. And it's, it's, it, we see that today. People all over the world are setting up their own targets. Yeah. They're setting up their own targets. They're losing the truth of who they are in God. Yeah. They're losing the truth of the identification with God the Father, mm -hmm. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the devil is rubbing people's faces in manure all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, and people are proud of it. The, the world is proud of it. One of the gals who is fighting for abortion says, abortion is freedom. That's somebody yeah. missing the mark. Yeah. And what's going to happen with her kids? Yes. If she has them. Yeah. And I, I when you think, when you, when you begin to open your heart to the truth and you meditate on these things and you look at the whole picture, you realize that it deeply grieved the heart of God. Come on now, girl. To see Adam and Eve fall mm -hmm. into sin. Yes. You know, because he took, yes. Oh, man. God. And he made a way. This is why, this is why John 3.16, we all know that scripture, for God so loved the world. He was like, I'm not going to let them be lost forever. Right. It'd be just like a parent losing that child's hand. It's like, I will find you. <laughs> I'll get a search team out. I'm going to find you and bring you back home. That's the heart of our father. Amen. Looking for his lost children. A way back. I mean, just the way, again, it would grieve a mother's heart, a father's heart, to have their child be lost like that. We get that grieving from the heart of God. Amen. Our emotions are reflective Come in on. a small way. These kind of compassion and emotions are coming from the heart of God. I mean, you and I were meant to live in the spiritual and emotional mm. shelter, if you will, of knowing the unconditional love of God for us. <laughs> the security that yes. that brings, yeah. the acceptance that that brings, the significance and worth stamped on your life. Come on. And to live in it. Now, we're, we are to live in this fearlessly. Amen. Like it's, it, who, was, who was the... Was it John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, who, said, who, who prophesied yes. that? You know, all the days of our life that we would live before him like that. And then right on into eternity, yes. that we would know who we are. So, because to live in the consciousness of God's love for you. And I know, I know we could hear this for years. I've heard it. And it could just, hmm, yeah, I know God loves me. Yeah, yeah I know on. he loves me. Yeah, and it, come on. it just falls on a, a kind of a hard surface. Come on. But when you keep meditating on it and you see the big, bigger picture of it, that you were meant to live, like when you consider Adam and Eve in the consciousness of God's love for you, that it brings this inner health to your whole body, this peace and security that I don't have to try yeah. to measure up. Yeah. I already in Christ do measure up. Yeah, amen. You know, and the security that that brings to our heart. Yes. You know, God the Father, when you think about it, it's like he did so. God so loved the world. It's like he sent out the search party <laughs> through Christ. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Right. Right? Oh, you bad children, I found you. You should have never done that. Now you're punished. <laughs> no, it says he didn't come to condemn. He could have. He came to save. Amen. He came to seek and save the lost with a heart it's just like the shepherd it's, you know jesus told the pharisees if you know if you have 99 sheep and one of them leaves the, the flock don't you go after that one that left the flock and when you find it and you he brings it home on his shoulders he's yeah. like i found my sheep everybody rejoice with me amen and maybe the sheep was all dirty and messed up got itself into trouble but it didn't <laughs> matter to the shepherd right the shepherd's like yeah you're home yeah. you're finally home I'll Come clean on. You up. yes that's the heart of our father <laughs> there's why we, that's why it says there's rejoicing in yeah. heaven over one sinner who comes back to the father and repents yes this is how much God the father loves us oh Lord <laughs> so good let's just we need to Oh, we need to begin to close. Father God, oh, my. You, know, maybe, you know, you have done so much for us, Lord. 
just thank you, Father, for the knowledge of your salvation and the love, Lord, that you've given us, that you did come, Jesus, to seek and save the lost. And Father God, you so love the world that you gave Jesus, yes. that he would die on a cross, shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be welcomed back. Oh, hallelujah. That you're saying, come home this morning. That's what you're saying to, to, to us. Come home to the Father. Come home. Hmm. And so maybe, you know, there's really two applications. Maybe you're like the prodigal son that went away from home, thought it would be better to go out and live in the world. And then that, like that prodigal son, finds himself in a pig pen of life and realizes, comes to his senses, what in the world? He remembers. And as you hear a story, you hear the message of the Bible this morning, you realize God is saying, you could come home. Yeah. And when that when that son was, the father saw him afar off coming down the road, he ran to him. Come on. He ran to him. Who knows what he looked like, smelled like, and he hugged him. And was so glad he was home. It's like my son who was lost is found. Gave him a robe, gave him sandals for his feet, a ring for his finger, and they threw a big party for him. That's how God the Father feels about you. Yes. If you are lost and you've never given your life to Christ and you want your sins forgiven, this is, to, this is the day of salvation. And it's simply by saying, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, wash me clean by your blood. And I want to know you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. Because salvation is free. It's yes. a simple prayer just like that. We worship you, Lord. We thank you that you made it so easy. Father, open up the eyes of our understanding. Holy Spirit, help us to understand that you're welcoming back people who have walked and drifted away from you. You welcome them back in open arms and we turn from our, those worldly ways and come to you. Then you welcome people that have been lost in the world, lost and dead in sin. You've made a way for us, Lord. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, that we could walk in the safety and the security and the knowledge of your love. Worship, Worship you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Father. Let his love permeate you all the day long. Think about his love towards you all the day long. Yes. He wants you to experience that love. He wants you to live in that love. He wants you to be confident in that love. Yes. And he wants you to share that love. Yes. Yes. So we say, let your light shine. Yes. Go let your light shine. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.